Pizzuri gets to Nisna, makes a nice move in across the line, drops it back, connected, connected, cuts the shot, they score! Oscar Lindblom buries it! And the power play goal ties this game in two! This is episode 54 of The Liberty, y'all. I'm Danny Deemer here with Chris Stompo. As always, what's up, Dan? Dude, it has been <laughs> not good. Yeah. But, like, not the end of the world. But it hasn't been good. I'll say that. that been a lot of miserable hockey games. Miserable. That that deep breath at the beginning told it all for me, man. It's been pretty. It's been pretty bad. But you gotta love sitting back and watching Twitter just completely fold. <laughs> oh man, it's been completely just absolutely. And we we set up in the pile. Like, we weren't gonna go into these those two games. Like coming out of those two games, weren't like we weren't gonna. To say too much about it because we knew that the roster was half empty and I mean, we were obviously we're big Flyers fans so obviously we were hoping for a W but to take anything away from those two games in a drastic kind of way like to to, to say anything you know you know what I mean like say anything in concrete right now about this team who was clicking before this COVID shit happened I mean, we got Couturier back we won that game in Washington and you could feel the the wheel starting to finally turn and then that fucking COVID break happened. Again, another break that fucking kills a little bit of momentum that we had. I'm just complaining about how the team has been playing. They were playing well when, when Couturier came back for that one game, and then all the wheels fell off. Most I know. Dude, like, over the last couple of days, most of what I've seen on the timeline is a lot of people basically saying, oh, Hex, turns out Hextall didn't draft well. It's only only <laughs> Provian. Literally, they've said it's only Provian Farabee. Like, everyone's basically saying that heart is regressing and is a bust. But, like, dude, he played really good in the Rangers game. Hart was the only reason why we came away with a point in that game. 100%. Like that was, and that was just a, a game ago. That was just one stole game ago. Stole a point, bro. And, f- and to, to, to comment on the on you saying that people come out here and say that Fairby and Hart are the only two prospects that, are, that panned out the rest of kind of bums. I mean, Trevor Zegras didn't have a point last night in his first NHL game. So, I guess it's time to pack it up, call him a – Call him a bust. Look for something different over there in in Anaheim. He's a bust, I guess. But it's just these kind of players you just need to take time with, man. And we said it over and over again. Just not every player is going to burst onto the scene like a Joel Fairby or like a Carter Hart. Each each player has its own development path. I mean, we we talked about Jack Hughes two episodes ago. I mean, his first year, people were calling him a bust, saying that he. What's wrong with him? Blah blah blah. And now look at him. His second year in the league, and he's already looking good. And he's just going to continue getting better. I mean, he's another one of those smaller, really skilled guys, like a like a Jack Hughes, like a like a like a Zegers, guys like that. So they're going to take a little bit more time to obviously add muscle and just play hockey. Like I, like if if I were to have one message to the Ducks, and obviously they're not anywhere near the type of team that we are, and and they're nowhere near fighting for a playoff spot. Just my one message to them would just let him play hockey. You know what I mean? Just like, let that fucking kid play as much hockey as he possibly can. You're not going to do anything playoff-wise. So just let him play NHL hockey as long as he... You know what I mean? Just don't don't send him back down to the NHL. Let him play up here. Get get those games under his belt. And then like finally, finally when, when you're ready to contend, this kid has blank as many games under his belt. And, uh, and he's going to be a really good player for them. So my only message to them would be just, just let that kid play. Because he's going to be a really good player. Why not let him play? I mean, it makes no sense. That's the problem with us. I mean, you look at a guy like Morgan Frost. If Morgan Frost is on a on a team like the Ducks, and he's going to be playing there, and I, he's, you know what I mean? Just, just, just this team 
is one. I mean, I know they were one win away from getting absolutely fucking wiped by Tampa, but like they're one win away from getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. So obviously, like you wouldn't play a younger. Just the Ducks are nowhere near the same kind of team that the Flyers are right now. Obviously, that's stating the obvious, but just it's just, just the same kind of situation. It just doesn't really have any. It just Zegers can play and not have to worry about anything. You know, it's just he's not dealing with a playoff kind of team. They know they're in a rebuilding situation, so just let him play. It doesn't really matter. But to apply like guys like Lindblom and Myers and even Sandheim or Bust right now, you just can't do it. I don't think. No. I don't I mean, understand how I don't think it's are. fair to Lindblom because Lindblom was the leading goal scorer before he got diagnosed with cancer. I mean, he was absolutely on fire. Him and TK were like the only reason why that team was like started out as well as they did last year. It, it, he him I mean, we'll talk about Patrick later in the show, but him along with Patrick, they're the two players that I'm going to steer. That I'm going to wait a really long time before I start making comments on them. You know what I mean? Like I, those two, to me, have the longest leash leashes on the team. Because they're just two guys who have missed so much time. And it's so obvious with with Nolan Patrick. I mean, like he looks good. He's skating fast. But it's it's things like overskating the puck, overhandling the puck. Just things that, like, he's not going in the middle of the ice. He's not going to the dirty areas. He's just kind of having an outside game right now. And I think some of that has to do with not playing for so long. I mean, the dude didn't play for a year and a half. Didn't have any preseason games. Didn't have a training camp. Like, nothing like that. So it's going to take a little bit longer for guys like Nolan Patrick and Oscar Limon to come back. And I'm not ready to totally give up on this guy at all because I see guys on the – people in the timeline just just shitting on this kid. And I'm, I'm going to admit, yeah, he hasn't played well at all. Like he, he He's played pretty shitty. I mean, his highest shot game was the January 15th game against Pittsburgh. I mean, that was the second game of the season. That was the – he had three shots that game. That's his highest total of the season so far. It just that's unacceptable. That can't happen this year. He had five. He has five games this year where he hasn't. He has zero shots. Just can't happen with a guy like Nolan Patrick. But I mean, like that's the. If you look at it in like an overview kind of way, I mean, you look at it, you know, Nolan Patrick number two overall pick. That can't happen. But it it sucks. He's not playing well. He's not as playing as well as he was in the beginning of the season because I thought he was absolutely flying. I mean, how many times did we turn around? People in the timeline turn around and be like. Oh, Nolan Patrick does not look like a guy who who's missed all this time. And now I think we're starting to see the effects of him missing that much time. So I'm not worried about Nolan Patrick. I think he's going to pick it back up. And I think the fact that he's moving on a wing with Drew and Hayes is really going to help him, especially Hayes, because Hayes is just a facilitator when it comes to playmaking. So, uh, To be honest, I'm a little bit worried about Nolan Patrick. Um Yeah, I, he looks kind of disengaged to me right now. Yeah, he's not going in the – he's not going in the – the dirty areas. He's kind of playing a perimeter game right now, and I don't want to say that's because of his his issues because I don't know him personally. I don't know what's going on in his mind, so uh, I don't know what's going on. But in the long run, I'm not going to push the panic button yet. I'm not worried. It's how many games into the season. I'm not that worried yet. If it's like if we're in May and June, uh, like April and May, and he's continue playing like this, then yeah, we can sit down and talk about what's wrong with Noah Patrick. Why is he not looking good. He has all these games finally under his belt, and he still looks pretty, pretty like outside. Like his perimeter play is what he's playing right now. It kind of seems like doesn't seem very confident with the puck whatsoever. So, but like he he has honestly hasn't really done anything. His defensive in game's the been good. To to really show me that he will get back to some kind of game changing level. So like yeah, he's I mean never he shown, might, but I'm yeah. worried. I am worried. He's shown for sure. he, like before before the 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 migraine issues. He he did like show spurts. Of 
of good, really good play. But I think the one, the one thing about Nolan Patrick was that was the, the spurts thing was the the one knock on him. Just he showed too many of them. He was never consistent with it. And I think his slow start this year is definitely a little bit of a concern. But like I said, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet. Let's give it a little bit more before we start flipping out about Nolan Patrick. Yeah. Should, no one should be worried about Hart. Hart, Hart will be just fine. <laughs> no, I mean, if you had to choose between Nolan Patrick or Hart to worry about, you definitely choose Nolan Patrick. I mean, if you had to choose one, but yeah, I'm not worried about Carter Hart whatsoever, dude. Not, not at all. So our next game is against the Rangers. Is that mm-hmm. yep? Right? Tomorrow against the Rangers again. So see if we can. I mean, without Panarin, that whole situation going on. So hopefully we can beat them. That situation is is insane, insane to say the least. Yeah, absolutely Terrifying. insane. So yeah, Rangers six seven and three were eight four and three. So yeah, let's try to go get a W home too. So I'm excited for it. Let's go. Let's get it. And Giroux will be back. Drew finally. Braun, I I know he's back, but he's not going to be playing. I know he's available to skate tomorrow, but he won't be playing. But Drew might be playing. I heard he's a game time decision. Av said so. Well, if he does play, that's going to make so much of a difference for our lineup. Just the whole depth of it. You know he's going to play. Hey, Drew is like, AV, I'm fucking playing. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see him back. Like, just We need it bad. <laughs> Real bad. I know, I, watching the last couple of games is really like... I, I've sat there and thought to myself, like, everyone over the last couple of years that have just, like, asked for these guys to be shipped, to be traded, like, this is what it looks like if those guys go telling you right now i, I mean, mean obviously like, you get something back for for drew Voracek, tk yeah, but Rimbaum. if you if you ship a core out i'm assuming you're doing it to get pick like you get you're doing it to get assets prospect and picks like i mean yeah if I, you're I, if you're trading Konechny, Limblom, and like those guys and yeah that's kind of like your core but if you're trading array Voracek, i don't really ask trading away a core I meant and Giroux. Yeah, and yeah, that would like yeah. And T- connect me. TK Limblom and and Giroux would definitely be a core. But if you were to trade a guy like Voracek, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't complain. Get that. No, I wouldn't complain about that. Books. Get that contract off the books, bro. Get that out. But a crazy stat of a Carter Hart. He's o two and two against Boston. Five thirty one goal against average. But every against everybody else in the division right now, he's five one and one with a two seven three. So it's. Boston figured him the fuck out. I don't know what it is. They keep going like that, like low blockers, uh, the low glove side on them, and it, it, it seemed to work. Like, they definitely did their homework on Carter Hart. They clearly did our their homework on us in general. Like they just completely own us. They dude. own us, bro. Like the way we owned the Capitals last year was is, is the way Boston owns us this year. It's so fucking bad, dude. Like, I don't even want to watch the upcoming Boston games. I, I really don't. No, not at all. Not at all. Because <laughs> I just know Pasternak's getting at least two. I mean, like, it's it's bullshit. Do you want to go through the questions before we get into, like, Hart and, and, and Eklom and all that shit? Because I know a lot of those questions had to do with Hart and, and stuff. So I didn't want to dive too far into Hart because I'm, I'm pretty sure every question that was asked is about either Hart or Eklom. So. Yeah. Didn't want to overlap that like we usually do. Like we usually fucking talk about it and then and then go over the questions. Yeah, you want to get into them right yeah, now? Yeah, let's do it. You got them up? Yeah. So Bleed Orange and Black says, What do we think needs to happen to get Hart back to himself? Kid just seems off. It's obvious we need some D help. Thoughts on anything else? The youngins look good. Fuck Boston and go TLY. Let me take this one to start. Um, yeah. 
I don't know how to get Hart back to himself, but honestly, I, I don't think it starts with Hart. I think this team has issues with the forwards not helping out the defense sometimes. Just structural issues that and defensive breakdowns. Like, how many times have we seen this season? It felt like last year the team was so good at getting the puck out of the zone. They, they would always make the right play to get out of the zone. Now it seems like dudes will have an open path to get the puck out, and they just make the wrong play, and it turns over, and we just start getting hemmed in. And a lot of that does not fall on heart. I feel like it's like the it's team player, doesn't play the right way. It's player execution, dude. Like I see a lot of people give give AV shit, and like, yeah, he's made some questionable decisions over the past couple of weeks. But it's more about the players just not not like, finishing a play. You know, just executing a a clean breakout is just not happening. And you can blame the coach all you want, but at the end of the day, it comes down to the players making the plays. And we've seen this team play well. Like, we we've seen spurts this year where like, oh, that's been that's been the best period of the season, and then they come out and they just don't look like they know how to pass a puck. It's absolutely insane, but the the Carter Hart to, to, to fix him, I, I agree with Danny. It does not start with Carter Hart. There have been four games this year that Carter Hart has played in. He's played in 11 games. There's been four games this year where he has seen less than 30 shots. Four games. Every other game he's seen more than 30 or more shots. And that's not – we said it in the beginning. Everyone said it on Twitter. It's not a recipe for success. It's going to come back and haunt you in the long run because Carter Hart can only stand on his head for his, a certain amount of time. Yeah, Hart, definitely probably one of his worst games of his career against – I mean, in, in, in general, against Boston. But to, to say that you're worried about him – when he was the sole reason why we advanced in those playoffs last year and the sole reason why we won some of the games beginning this year is is crazy to me because... That's why I can't be worried about... I know he's mentally strong. Like I know he's going to bounce back. I can't... Like, he's not the type of player to have a couple of bad games and then it just shakes him and he's not the same. Like, we've seen plenty of times where he's had bad games and then responds yeah. just amazingly every time. So, like... It, it's the fact that people can actually sit there and say Hextall didn't draft well and it is implying that Hart isn't a good draft pick as if he's not the best second like second round pick in that draft, like, it makes no sense to me. It's it, not a lot of goalies come into the league at 21, 22 years old and, and, and play as well as he did. You just don't see that around the league a lot nowadays. I mean, you're starting to see more and more of it as the, as the league gets younger and younger, obviously, but he's so impressive and... I mean, say this is a bad year for Carter Hart. Like, he continues to just be mediocre, not not great, not too terrible, but just in, in the middle. It, it's not time to give up on him. I mean, what's the what happened the last time we gave you up on a young goalie? You know what I mean? I, yeah. I know that contract doesn't look too good right now in, in uh, Florida right now, but last time we go, gave up on a young goalie, he went and won two Vesnas. I mean, and we're notorious for running quarterbacks. We just ran a quarterback out of the fucking city. We're, we're notorious for, for running quarterbacks and goalies out of the city because we have no fucking patience as a fan base. We have no patience with goalies, and we have no patience with prospects. And it's half the reason why we watch all these guys leave Philly and watch them succeed elsewhere because we just have no fucking patience as a fan base. Carter Hart is going to be fine. Carter Hart is half the reason why we were in that playoff game the playoff series last year and half the reason why we won those games in the beginning of this year. It, it, I'm not worried about Carter Hart at all. The team needs to tighten the fuck up in front of them. The, the, the forwards need to, to, to back check more. I mean, they're leaving the defensemen in, in, on a fucking island by themselves. And it, it's happened way too much this season. And I, I don't know what the fuck it is. I, I really don't. Because we, we've seen this team. I mean, I'm, 
yes, the Flyers miss Matt Niskanen, but don't like, don't sit here and try to tell me that one guy. You're gonna sit and tell me that just because Matt Niskanen left, that's the reason why the Flyers look like they're in complete shambles. I mean, something else is going and on. And the four, like he's not the reason the forwards yeah, he's aren't not, helping. Like, he, Matt, defense, Matt Niskanen like, was not the sole reason why the forwards wanted the back check last season. Like, so, like the forwards need to get, get their head out of their fucking ass and forecheck. Help this defenseman core out. And obviously, they're not as good without Matt Niskanen. But Matt Niskanen is not the sole reason why this team does not look good as good defensively as they did last year. It's not. He he has a huge part in it. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It sucks losing Matt Niskanen. It hit us out of nowhere. He he did it randomly, but it's his decision. He can do whatever he wants. I wish the best for him, but he's not the sole reason why this team doesn't look as good as they did last year. There's other parts to the puzzle 100 percent, and i'm not it's not all hearts fault it's it, it's a combination of everybody it's a combination av heart the forwards and the defensemen <laughs> it's a combination of everything so to, to to sit there and 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 call heart a bus i don't know who said that dan i don't know if you're just saying that because you saw like a, a tweet i don't know who the fuck said that multiple but, people uh, nah. that's all he's I'll fucking say. 22 years old bro like let's calm down calm down oh my gosh oh my I'm so not worried. I'm so confident in Carter Hart that whenever I see him going through a rough stretch, I just think to myself, that's just going to make his next deal even cheaper. Yeah, dude, the game four against Boston when they lost in the shootout, he, he had 39 to 43. Stood on his head against Boston, man. Absolutely stood on his head. The Rangers game, he was he was amazing. Yeah. And he the, was seriously amazing. His his eighth game against Boston, the one we lost in overtime, he was 31 to 35. Like, he just had... Just, other things need to change on this team. The forwards need to fucking get their head out of their asses, like I said. And and I, we're obviously missing a, a big piece defensively. And that's another thing that we're going to get into tonight. Uh, are, are the Flyers going to look in, in the, the, the trade route to add a top four defenseman? What's that? What's that going to like, What's going to happen there, Dan? What do you think? Eklund? I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I, really I don't, don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I know it's the talk of the... Talk on Twitter right now. Everyone seems to, to want to talk about Eklund, but I, I I really don't see Chuck doing it. It'd be fun. I'd like it. Oh my god, it'd be awesome. I think he did, he's exactly the kind of player that I think this team needs. He's a he's a veteran defenseman who can log the big minutes. He he's on and off the ice. He can be a veteran presence, and he's going to stick up for the young guns. He's going to stick up for the guy. Like Limblom getting cross-tracked in the neck is not going to fly with Eklund here. Like he's going to go after the guy next shift. So I think that it, it'd be an awesome awesome deal. He's a really good hockey player. But yeah, no. I, to be honest, I like it a lot, and I, I wish the Flyers would do it. And he's not making anything; he's making three seven five. But if you were to trade for him, depending on what, and it's depending on what Chuck Fletcher views him as. Like, does Chuck Fletcher view him as a rental? Is he going to tra- so say like Alec Martinez just got traded to Vegas, not Vegas, yeah, Vegas, right? From the Kings, yeah, for two seconds, and then Muzzin got traded for first, and then two like C plus, B minus prospects. So. If we're going to – those are his comparisons. So if we're going to translate it over to a Flyers trade, it probably like, – Muzzin at first and then two C-plus prospects wouldn't be any of Frost or York. They're probably A-plus prospects. Uh, two two seconds? I'd be okay with two seconds to get Ekholm in here. I mean, if that's all it takes, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with it. Like I, I, I'm ready to use the draft capital that we have to, to get a guy like that. But then after you trade those assets for him, you either – either expose him in the draft next year and Chuck only sees him as a rental. You protect him, Provi, Myers, and Sanheim, and then pay Seattle not to take I mean not to take a forward. Or 
you protect those guys, those four defensemen, and then leave a really skilled forward available to to Vegas. So it's just it's a lot of just domino effects if you trade for this guy. And there's a lot like Chuck needs obviously he needs to have a plan if he trades for this guy because it's, it's going to be a lot of like I said dominoes after. There's a part of me that would love if Chuck would do that move solely because like it, he would kind of be get bringing in all them defensemen in one room and saying like you guys all got to battle to who wants to be on the team next year kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, it's like I mean, it would definitely it, yeah, push that. If if he brought in Ekholm and Ekholm played better than Sandheim the rest of the way, then I wouldn't even be mad at it if he, if he right. protected Ekholm and expo- see, I I don't think I would be. He's thirty see, years old. Yeah, he's dude. You're, you're uh, are you really willing to to, to protect a thirty one year old defenseman over like a twenty four year old guy at that point? If if we trade for him like around now and the rest of the way, and then including the playoffs, he looks much better than Sandheim, and Sandheim does not look that good. Then yeah, I'd be open to it. I I don't think Sandheim's looked. I think Sandheim's looked pretty. No, I'm pretty saying the rest of the way, the of like the way. and in the playoffs. Like I'm not saying like from what we've seen up until this point. Yeah, I think or... I, I think Eklund, he he helps your window of of winning now. But like, what does that look like? Because obviously you're going to give him a contract extension if you keep him here. What does that look like when he's 33, 34, and then Sandheim is 26, 27? So there's risk in it for sure. But like you said, I wouldn't be against it because uh, it, that would just be an indication of Chuck making a move to fucking win now. And uh, that's something that we've been craving and wanting in Philadelphia on, I mean, on this fucking hockey team for so long. And we're so here, and that's like what that. he's been trying to do. And Apparently Danny, he was the most active GM on the, and, on the market. Yeah, yeah, and it's no secret that he's been looking for a guy, and we've known that the entire time. But I think that's a, I think the fact that he doesn't want to protect anything other than Provorov, Sandheim, and Meyer, I think those are his three guys that he wants to build the team around. And we said it before. And I think that's a, a huge reason is why he hasn't pulled a trigger on a trade yet. I mean, like, or he, like you said, he can compensate yeah. Seattle. To yeah, take, absolutely. Uh, you can protect JVR. Yeah, you can protect. The Wait, fort. what if Seattle wants just JVR? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I know that's the that's just the risk that you that you leave. I mean, it's I don't know. We don't know if if Chuck knows that they want JVR. You know what I mean? It's all like a kind of wait and see kind of thing. Yeah, I understand. But I understand the people upset about chuck kind of being like playing it like keeping his cards to himself until the expansion draft comes around and not like putting all the chips on the table just yet so yeah. I, I understand both sides i really do i think you've said it before and i kind of agree with you i think he's waiting for the expansion draft to make his his like imprint on the team i mean niskanen was a great move hayes is a, a great piece to this team, but like I don't think he's made like I'm the GM of the Philadelphia Flyers yeah. now kind of move, and I think the he's ten year defining move. Yeah. yeah, like like he hasn't made that move yet. And while Hayes was a big move, was a big contract, seven million dollars a year is nothing to fucking to, to to scoff at. But I like I said, I don't think he's made that Chuck Fletcher is the GM of the Flyers move yet. And like he's been known to to make some crazy moves and. Hopefully he's learned from from giving up those crazy contracts. We don't really see that anymore. But I mean, we saw McDavid's contract. But I don't know. Maybe we know how close AV and Chuck are. And I know if like if AV continues to see the guys not play the right way, he's not married to any of these guys. Mm -hmm. Neither is Chuck. Like, like they have no loyalty. Like they have no obligated loyalty to them. They didn't draft most of these guys or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Like I I guarantee AV would be the type of dude to be like if there's someone available because him and Chuck are always in active talks with each other all the time. Sure they are. And I love I love that um, chemistry that they have together. But 
I'm sure if Chuck said that like someone was available to help the team, AV AV would pull the trigger. He would tell him to do it. I mean, you could trade for Ekholm, use him for the playoff run, and then before the expansion draft, you could trade trade him and get something back for him, something of value back for him before the expansion. Yeah. Draft you and the argument with that him. is, do you do we think this team is good enough to warrant uh, that type rent. of rental move? Yeah. Are we in that kind of spot? And that's that's going to be the question that we're going to be watching for until the the deadline. When's the deadline? March? April? I have no idea when I think the it's deadline April. is this year. I think it's April. But uh, I think it moved back. It's usually, what, March? Yeah, like late February, early March, I'd say. Yeah, so I think heading up into... Yeah, it's April 12th. So heading up until April 12th, I think a lot of... Like we said before we started, like before we hit record, a lot of teams are going to open up and we're going to see the teams that thought they were going to be really good this year weren't as good as they thought they were going to be and then they want to get a contract off the books real quick and then we'll see a lot of things open up around that time so i think it's something to just keep an eye on see how nashville does see if they keep losing that'd be be nice if they uh they start putting people on the block but we'll see there's a lot of a lot of options if chuck makes that trade man like just the expansion draft fucks a lot of things you got to think about that it's kind of annoying <laughs> i'm sure it's annoying for chuck so you had the list of people uh players like defensemen on expiring deals this year don't you well i was looking at this year the the players that are unrestricted free agents after after this season and the, the list just the list just isn't intriguing at all i mean it, it, it starts with edler dougie hamilton but they make they both make above five five so i mean mark Stahl makes five seven i mean that's something before I looked at the contract, I looked at it and I was like, "Oh, that's maybe that's somebody that we could look at." He plays for Detroit. I wouldn't mind him, six four veteran defenseman. I mean, he's not the he's not as good as he used to be, obviously, but I think he'd be a. I mean, he'd, he'd be okay, but five five seven, the fuck out of here, absolutely not. Ryan Murray, Jason Demers, David Savard at uh, in Columbus, he makes four two. Um, Adam Larson, Edmonton, he makes four one. Uh, it's just it's not very intriguing, so. I, I don't know what Chuck's going to do with that with that, at all. This is where I wish Chuck would have swooped in and gave Char like 100K more than the Capitals were offering yeah. or something. I got to admit, just... I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong about not wanting Char. I remember when he was a free agent, I was like, ah, fuck that, fuck that, blah, blah, blah. He's obviously not the same player as he was before. I mean, he's how old, 43 years old, something like that. How old so, is that? He's old, he's old as shit. Right? Uh, he's not obviously not the same player anymore, but I watched – a, a Capitals game where he knocked down like three different penguins in front of the net and like hurt them, like fuck them up just because they were there, and that's exactly what we're missing. Dude, he's right intimidating. Now. He's, he's intimidating, intimidating as fuck. And so I was absolutely wrong about that. I will admit when I'm wrong, and I think Char would have been a nice little acquisition. I don't know if I flip squ- script towards because I, I, I remember one episode I said no, and then the next I might have been like, okay, I would think about it at a certain price, but. If I uh if I never switched my script about that, um I was definitely wrong for sure, absolutely. And the one game when he scored against the Bruins, too, I remember his whole team was so happy for him, and they were all like celebrating with him on the bench. Mm-hmm. It's just like they were all just smiling, and like I that's how you know when a team is really close is when like you everyone's really happy for the veteran guy getting the goal. Bro, like tell that, me him him next team. to Provy wouldn't be nice. Oh, I would have been sick, and like like the intimidation factor alone. Like, do you think Lim, like Limblom would have gotten ran at as much as he has so far this year if Charles on our team? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think a lot of the hits that 
teams have thrown on the Flyers this year would not have flown. Like, would not have flied this year if we had Zidane Chara back there. See, I think they still would have happened, but I definitely think that as they did it, they were like, okay, I'm going to get ran at by Chara sometime during this game. Like, yeah, I think like it's in the back of their up. mind, but for sure. I think having a guy like Char would have really helped because I, I just don't like seeing – and it's not just like adding a player that can do that because obviously you want to add a player that can stick up for for your for your studs and then like actively be good at the same time. But at the same time, it, it really pisses me off when someone's like, oh, they need a specific player to come in here and, and be that guy. I'm looking at it as why doesn't this fucking team have the mentality to stick up for each other? Like it, I feel it, like it, they did last. It's a team. Year. Like I see, uh, I'm I'm watching Car- uh, Arizona Coyote games and like like Clayton Keller and and, and Garland and like these small like uh, these, these smaller players jump at dudes after after seeing their their teammates get get slashed and, and these guys are five five ten five eleven Clayton Keller's are a, a, a Morgan Frost kind of guy like a, a and like they're sticking up for their teammates and they're, and they're like putting gloves in dudes faces so I'm looking at it as why doesn't this team have that mentality of sticking up for each other like I don't get like you don't have to be a fucking six four 225 pound player to to stick up for your teammate like that mentality had was lost after Niskanen left last year and I think that kind of presence really is like I think it's hurt us more than I think we thought initially first it was going to because it's a mentality thing, Dan. Like this team just I, I'm not the biggest dude in the world, but Danny, if we're out in the ice together and I see you get cheap shot in the fucking neck, bro, I'm going after the guy, dude. Like I, I, I don't give a fuck. Like it's just a mentality thing, and if he needs to to, to gather his truth, I'm, I'm sure AV says shit, but like, at a, at a certain point, like, stick up for each other, you guys were one win away from the Eastern Conference Finals last year, like, you guys were a good hockey team, fucking play like it, and stick up for each other, man, like, it just how, I, I feel like they had that bite last year, and they don't have it this year, man, I'm telling you, I don't know if it's, like, and it's the same team, pretty much, but it pisses like, me off, because I think about it, I'm like, okay, Niskanen left, but that's not the fucking reason why this team is not doing the same thing, like, you can't tell me yeah. one dude leaving a locker room just yeah. completely... Because we talked about how how the Niskanen being here last year was going to rub off on Provorov, rub off on Provorov. But, like, has it? Like, did it? Because I'm sure Matt Niskanen's mentality was, like, stick up for each other. Because I saw Matt Niskanen do it time and time again last year. And you just see fucking none of it this year, man. Like, Limblom getting cross-checked in the in the neck. Like, all those other plays of dudes getting cheap shot and hit from behind. And just absolutely no... Like, I'm not saying I need a dude to go out there and, like, knock somebody out. But, like, get in someone's fucking face. Like, hit somebody... Like, you know what I mean? Like, go after one of their star players. Like, hit hit them in the fucking mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah. It pisses me off, man. People it, can't tell me that, It's a mentality thing, bro. It's a mentality thing. This team... There's something wrong with this fucking team's mentality. They're not hungry for it right now. Yeah, people can't tell me the loss of Niskanen and Pitlick or, like, make that much of a difference in a team's mentality to stick up for each other. Like, it just makes no sense. Doesn't, I don't know what no. it is. I mean, Sam Morin is, is, was supposed to be that guy to come in and, like, knock people around. And, like, he was supposed to bring that kind of mentality. And I know he tried to fight a couple times and, like, cut the commercial, but... But, like, I don't know, man. It's a mentality kind of thing. Because you have a guy like Morin on a team, and we didn't see it once. We, we didn't see a fight or anything like that. It just, it just, I feel like it's just, like, a a thing that you feel during the game. Like, you feel your team, like, throwing he- heavy checks, and, like, all right, I, I want to fucking fight now. You know what I mean? It's just none of that, like, hard, physical, like, throw your bodies at each other kind of thing. And it's just kind of disappointing, man. I, I know a- NAK's been better recently with that, and he's been really noticeable with throwing the body and getting in on the forecheck. But it's been about it. <laughs> 
Yeah, and NAK is another guy where it's like, I, I thought he was playing better. And I guess he has looked a little better as of late. He's looked you're, awesome. You're, I'm still just waiting for him to kind of get more on the score sheet. Score sheet, yeah. Because I feel like I've feel like he's been so close in so many chances i don't know I've, there, there's been times where i've seen him get the puck and i feel like last year he would have sniped it yeah from like the spot he's gotten yeah at. i've been saying that for fucking weeks dude there have been there have been chances that i've seen him be in the exact spot that he was last year and i've seen him absolutely like we that goal he had against the the ranger i think one of his first goals of his career was an absolute bullet and you just haven't really seen it this year too much but the past two games the one against the rangers before the lake tahoe game and then in the lake tahoe game he was playing with Hayes and Raffle, and I think he looked really good playing with. Uh, I mean, I know he plays with Raffle in the fourth line, but he played with Hayes, and obviously that makes everybody around you a little bit better when you play a guy, play with a guy like that. But past two games, I think he's playing a little bit better. But like you say, he needs to get on the score sheet. He needs to translate his good play into the score sheet for sure. But I think overall, his his game has gotten better. The process. And dude, fair fair still hasn't Stud. missed a step. Absolute step. at all. Wish, wish Frost was here to do it with him, dude. Pisses me the fuck off. Really oh, hold does. on, hold on. Yeah, I'm, let me let me talk about this a little bit too because it kind of like Lonnie annoyed. scored. Damn. Fuck yeah, I took a, <laughs> I took a bet on that. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> it kind of annoys me when like there's so many people just writing off Frost, and like I get it, like he hasn't like show, but like you, the fact that you can't write someone off for being hurt. <laughs> Like, you just can't. Like, it makes no sense to me. It, it really doesn't. I mean, it started I before there, and I think the fact that he, he's hurt like this doesn't help his help his case with those kind of people. I don't I, I Yeah, I don't. I just don't get it. Just, it, just it wish, sucks just to wish see it was this therapy. year. Yeah, because as, as much as it sucks to see... Um, as much as it sucks to see Fair be hurt, I mean uh, Morgan Frost hurt right now, and the guys on COVID protocol is. I mean, if he wasn't hurt right now, that really would have been a chance for him to, to step up. I mean, Couturier going down, he had a chance Big to play time, play two C for a little bit, but yeah, it sucks. It sucks. But and then everyone getting COVID for the last couple of games, but, like including him. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> just salt in the wound. Right it's there. awesome to see Fairby doing what he's doing, man. Like. I knew he had a good shot. I mean, I think we say it every fucking podcast, but, like, his shot is every game. He's always in the right position. He's always crashing on the net. Doesn't give a fuck about his body. Love it, bro. Just starts with the IQ with him. And, like, everything that he does so well is amplified by the fact that he's always in the right spot and making the right play. And even that one, that goal in the um, Tahoe game, like, that was just the the perfect shot for that type of bounce that he got right there. Like catching the goalie off guard, he shoots low like that. That was just, that, that was typical Faraby right there. 30. Not he, like he's not going like barred out. He's not trying to go top shelf. Like he just sees that opening and it's just, it, he just makes the right play. Every time I see him around the net now with any kind of space, I'm like, Ooh, he could find a little hole in top left and just find it, man. Because was he, it the Rangers game where he got that one, one timer? Mm-hmm. It was like, I thought it was in because like, Dude. Up until this point, he's buried that every time. He's third on the like... team right now with 14 points. He has an eight goals, six assists, 14 points in 15 games, man. He's been absolutely all, like, fucking incredible. He has six points in his last five games. He's the goal scorer we've we've needed to start the year so far, for sure. And that's good to see. I was going to say something real quick about the line, I think, because I just talked about how he scored. All that talk about Lonnie this offseason, and as much as I, as I would have loved to get him, there's another guy on that on that Jets team, Ellers, man. I, I just that's, uh, I've been looking at him for like two, three years now, and I, he's a goal scorer. He, he's the definition of a, just a pure sniper. That dude loves to shoot the puck, and I, I really wish we looked at him or in the future. They're not looking to trade him, no, though, right? No, no. I, 
I just always keep going back to him, man, because like that's the one thing that we're missing. And I know he's like a, he's another one of those smaller skill guys, but he he just shoots the bitch. Like he he loves to shoot the puck, and it's just something that we're missing. And I I really feel I really wish they would like look at him at some point if he ever come becomes available. I want the Flyers to look at Nikolai Ellers for sure. I like Kyle Connor too. I like the Jets in general, to be honest. I think the, the Jets are especially with Dubois. I think that's a good fit. Like that's great. You see his overtime winner the other night. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, absolutely beautiful, and I love to see both players playing well for their teams right now. Like Dubois had the OT winner the other night, and Lana just scores for Columbus tonight. It's good to see them both getting value out of them like that. An ideal scenario for us would be Dubois stays in Winnipeg, mm-hmm. Line A leaves Columbus, like wants to get out, gets gets traded, maybe like a sign and trade, and then we end up with both of those guys out of our division next year. Wouldn't that be awesome? Then it all would have worked out okay. If, if I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. If Line, if rumors about Line starting to to move, start start swirling up towards the end of the season. What if we got him too? Oh dude, my god! I want to be so scared though because I know a fucking team like like the Rangers or or Boston or Montreal is gonna fucking try to hop in and get him, bro. And it's gonna scare the fucking. I feel like shit they already me. made their splashes though. Like I know, who, who has the room? I always turn around. Like, I'm I'm always sitting there and I'm like, okay, this guy. I'll never forget when Jerome McGlynnia was. Oh, I just probably butchered his name. I I saw him pronouncing <laughs> names, but when he was available for when when he left the Calgary Flames, then what did he get traded to? I think it was Boston, right? Or I uh, it's hard. He went to a couple of different teams, so I don't yeah. know which one he really Damn. went to. For I know he went to Boston. He went to Colorado. I think he even went to the Kings for a little. Bit. I think he went to Boston and the Penguins. I think he went to the Penguins for a year. Yeah, he either went to the Penguins or Boston right after his uh, right after Calgary. And I remember just sitting there being like, "How the fuck is Pittsburgh in the running for this guy? Like they're always in the running for those top guys. So if a guy like Lonnie gets." Somehow is available. We'll see what happens with that situation. But it's, it's always in the back of my head, Dan. It's always going to fucking scare me that one of those teams, like the Penguins, like they're never out of it in my mind. They're never you know, I just got every it. one of those teams right. I just looked it up. Yeah, yeah. I, Calgary, Pittsburgh, Boston, Who, Colorado, LA. Yeah, so it was I Pittsburgh or Boston. Right. Fucking, yeah, exactly. I remember it was either Pittsburgh or Boston who were in the run. I think, I think, both, I think Boston was in the running to begin it. Then Pittsburgh got them. And then Boston was still in the running after Pittsburgh wanted to get rid of him, so they got him after that. But I remember when Yager went to, like, every team. Every he went to team. Boston, then New Jersey. I still wish he stayed with us, man. Claude Giroux was different that, that one Different year. with him. Him, dude. Giroux, and Hartnell. And it's it, I don't understand how the light bulb hasn't gone off in the Flyers front office's head. Like, this is what happens when you pair Giroux with another great talent, especially one that knows how to score. Like, you and get like you a 93-point year. And like you said, Voracek's great and all, but Voracek is also another playmaker, just like Giroux. So if you get another elite player to go play with Giroux, like a Yager, I mean, obviously it's really hard to go out there and find a Yager Yager. But like you said, finding another elite guy to play with Claude Giroux and then letting Voracek have his own line and then be the playmaker of his own line, if that's the route you want to take, if Voracek's still on this team. I mean, obviously the window, Drew's window closed a little bit because you were talking about back then you wish the the light bulb went off after Yager left to, to find somebody else to play with Drew. I wish they would have fucking done that, but never did. I guess, what, was it Carrier the, the move after Yager left, right? <laughs> Jesus <laughs> that was, Christ. Th- that was the move to, to replace him, bro, right? It was uh, the year after Yager left, right? Yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Call me out fucking on Twitter if I'm wrong. It might have been that. two years after. Year, it might have been after it lockout. Was 100% after Yager left. Yeah, it was definitely after they are. I think it was 13, 14. Yeah. 
it's just like you said, it sucks that the, they haven't record. I mean, it's not it's not over yet. His window isn't completely closed yet, but I guess it'd be pretty hard to get a, a that that caliber kind of player in here while Drew's window's still open, unless you make a huge move. Could you imagine like? Giroux, Couturier, Line A as a line, and then like the second line is like Faraby, Voracek, Hayes. <laughs> Ew, dude. Like Hayes in the center, obviously. Like that would be like ah, getting a goal scored to put up top, I think would do so much for the I know. forward. I was, and I was talking to my dad about it today. Just if they had a guy like that, like. I, I always look back at that Patrick Kane JVR draft. Like the, hmm. the 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 skill level that drops off from Patrick Kane to JVR. Like JVR is a great player right now. Like he's been he's tenth in the league in points. He's playing really well. He's no Patrick Kane though. And it just no. It, it, it always my dad talks about that. He was like, dude, we had so many lottery balls against like their one, and they still came out with it. And I was like, that's just the Flyers' luck. It's literally just the Flyers' luck. Yeah, of course. It's the same luck that every other number two overall pick, pretty much in this decade, is a very good player. Like, like I'd say a game-breaking player, and we we haven't had that with and then, ours. And then we get the twenty seventeenth overall pick, the 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 second one there, and then. I mean, no one. Pat, I'm not like I just. I'm not ready to give up on Nolan Patrick at all. I think he could still be a very good player in this league. But obviously, I don't think Nolan Patrick is a generational fucking player like that. Yeah, like they like Eichel or fucking yeah, Nelson uh, Line A. Like it's just it sucks. <laughs> it does because he was supposed to be the crown jewel of not Austin Matthews. That I mean, he went first rebuild. Right? He's supposed to be the crown jewel of pretty much of that whole rebuild. Yeah. I mean, Capo Kako, like, what's what's the verdict on him? Like, are, are people giving up on him in Rangers land? Or? So that's who I was thinking of. Kako. He went there. Not Matthews went first, absolutely. He's a first overall talent. Uh, I don't know about him. Is it that's that's him? two players that have gone to the Rangers yeah. now and haven't, like, fully lived up to what they were going to be their rookie year, maybe. Yeah, Lafreniere, too. Yeah. I mean, he had a goal the other night, though, I think. He did. And, um, yeah, whatever. I mean, it... I've said it before. If there's one player, like, I don't root for anyone to fail, man. But if there's one player where I'm like, I would not mind if he was a bust. That's the one. I'm <laughs> Which just one? Saying. Who? Lafreniere. That's the one. <laughs> would not mind it. No, not at all, dude. Would be smiling a little bit. I mean, I'm sure there are dudes smiling at our situation right now with Patrick as much as as fucked up as that is. <laughs> oh, I know. Dev- Devils fans. Every single they. They took Dude, a lot of to... cheap shots. They took a lot of cheap shots when Nolan, when Nolan dealing with this whole uh, migrant thing. I don't. I'm not gonna forget that. There was a lot of Devils fans that said some fucked up things. We used to fucking go at Devils fans a couple of like, when we first got Nolan. We used to fight <laughs> them about about Patrick and Heeshear. It, it was just funny how we made the flip because for at first we thought we were getting Heeshear. So like we we <laughs> talked up Heeshear like to our like to each other, and then we were like you know fuck Patrick. Like we were already like brewing the rivalry. <laughs> And then when it flipped, we were like, "Fuck Heisher, <laughs> yeah, like Patrick's man. our guy." And then like, it was just funny how same way went. I'm, same way I am with Wentz right now, bro. Fuck Wentz now, he's the enemy. Like he's Serious? a fucking no, cult now, I, bro. Like, agreed. Who, like, fuck him. Honestly. If like, I I love like players always talk about how special it is to play for a city like Philadelphia. Like how the fans always like, no matter like they boo you, whatever. Like they they at the end of the day, they always are trying to make you better and they always root for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you want out. 
I, I can't, like, like you're the enemy, just like you said. Like, if you want out, you're the enemy. It's that simple. Like, if you want to be I can't here, sit yeah. there. I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, whatever. Like, I, I want Carson to go out and win eight Super Bowls just to rub it in the Eagles. No, I want him to win zero, to be honest. Like, I don't want to sit, like, I want to see the Eagles be right. Because like, I'm an Eagles fan. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, like... I'm no, not absolutely. rooting for the Eagles to fail and rooting for Wentz to succeed to prove the Eagles and Hallie Roseman wrong. No, I hope Roseman's fucking right. Like it's, it, it, you see a lot of that in this fan bit. Not not just the Eagles. You see a lot of that with Flyers. You see a lot of that in uh, Sixers. Like it's it's, it's I don't... like just like how you kicked off the show with like how we don't appreciate our talent. We also don't appreciate our prospects. I just don't. I just think sections of this fan base. It's not everybody, but I just think some people are just not patient enough because they're just so. I mean, they're so used to losing for so long, and, I mean, they're, and so they're used, used to, to owners like Ed Snyder that it would like pull the trigger every time. Like they like they would gauge the fan base, be like, oh, the fan base they want to trade, they want to shake up, so let's make a big ass trip. It's not like that anymore. And. And they had to endure the the Ron Hextall error. The hold on, we're we're two three years away. Prospects, prospects, prospects. Now, anytime prospects, yeah, so did bro- we. And yeah, I, I know, but like I'm saying, like anytime a, a prospect's brought up now, the first like they're like fuck that, like I'm over prospects, and I agree with that. But like that doesn't mean you give up totally on 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 prospects. Like that's the entire reason why the Tampa Bay Lightning have such a good team right now because they, I mean, they made a couple good trades. I mean, Drew and the Drew and trades fucking awesome, awesome for. Sergachev, but like for, they drafted a lot of guys on that hockey team, a lot of guys. I mean, Kucherov was drafted there. I mean, you just got to be a good drafting team to develop your talent. Not everybody develops at the same rate. Was Braden Point the player he was when he first was in the NHL? Absolutely not. Like every player develops at his own rate, and you just can't forget about prospects because there's just a huge part in, in in building a huge team. And the argument of getting rid of of a minus level, B plus level prospects to get talent on his team is is something that I absolutely agree with. But at the same time, I'm not trading away a, a an A level prospect for a postseason run of Eklom, and then we get rid of them. Like, I, like I'm I'm not I'm not cool with that at all. Like if it, if that's what they want for Eklom, fuck fuck off. Good riddance. Bye. I'm cool. I'm not giving up a first round pick. And then an A level prospect. I'll talk about a first round pick and then a couple B minus C plus level prospects. But like, if that's what you're talking about, no, absolutely. If you, not. if you want an A prospect, then you better forget about the picks. You, yeah, you forget <laughs> about the pick. Yeah, you Brink. Yeah, go ahead. It's just Brink. Yeah, but I'm not giving you a first and then and then. Yeah, take a sixth. Yeah, like Muzzin. At that point, like Muzzin and Martinez are, are, are good comparisons, I and mean, I, I did see that on Twitter, surfing the internet. I mean, not surfing. I mean, surfing on Twitter. I saw it. Muzzin, like I said, got a first and then two like C plus B minus level prospects, and then Martinez was gotten for two two seconds. So I think you can get Eklund without giving up a guy like York, Brink, Frost, guys like that. You don't want to give up. Yeah, and Chuck Chuck has shown to be like active yet smart and like kind of waiting to take the right shot. So I'm not worried. If he makes the move, I, I assume it's going to be. I know he's gonna have a plan in place. You know what I mean? Like he's not just gonna make a move for a guy that like if if he's already been so patient with the expansion draft up until this point, he's not just gonna like throw it all away now. 
Nat, now Nashville is a team that I could see look at Jay O'Brien and being like, "Hey, we like what he's doing right now," and he's a player that I could see Nashville liking. And maybe they look at him and be like, "Hey, give us him. We like what he's doing right now." He, he fin- looks good. He finally turned himself back into like a, a legitimate, legitimate NHL prospect, and it's really good to see him like hop back on that on that track because he fell off a little bit, big time. Like we were like, "What the mm-hmm. fuck? Like that, that pick does not look good right now." So maybe Nashville looks at him and maybe like the fact that he's doing well right now is so good for Chuck Fletcher because that just adds to the ammo that he already has. Like when you were mentioning when anybody mentions the Philadelphia Flyers prospect depth and like it's definitely deep for sure, but he was definitely not in the top like eight recently. So the fact that he's pushing himself back up there right now is fucking awesome. I, it, it's incredible because it's just more ammo for Chuck to use to get an actively good player on this team to help this team make a run because I'm ready to give up some prospects, Danny. Obviously, I'm not ready to give up our our A-level prospects for a rental, but Ratcliffe, Allison, Lazinski, O'Brien, any of those dudes, I'm, let's talk. Let's talk. LaBerge, I mean, I don't know if teams want him, but let's talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Dude, I just looked up uh, Jay O'Brien's stats while we were just talking about him there. Bro, he's been on fire. 11 games played. And 12 points to be a point per game player in college is it means you're on the trajectory to one day play professional hockey and probably be very good at that. Like Farabee was a point per game player in college hockey. Oh, yes. And yeah, we, he was. And we've seen what he turned out. To be. I'm not saying he's going to have the same kind of like path as Farabee, but like to see him kind of get back on that track after, like you said, the setbacks mm-hmm. is all you really can ask for. It's awesome. And I did some research this morning when I first woke up because he, uh, because of how well he's been playing. I really wanted to look into it. And uh, I went on the NCAA like stats and, and looked at that. Cole Caulfield is currently number one in the NCAA in points. He has 19 goals, 18 assists, 37 points in 24 games. So he's been awesome. Shit. But oh, Jay, my God. Uh, he's been awesome. But Jay O'Brien is seventh in the NCAA in uh, goals per game at 0.64. He's seventh right now. Like you said, from where he was at a year ago. That's awesome. This is house money right now. It really is because what might have been Ratcliffe, maybe Brink to get a guy like Eklom in here, like a nice defenseman, maybe could possibly be O'Brien now. Like like I said, it just adds to it, man. It helps not – maybe Chuck didn't want to get rid of a, a Brink. And maybe he's like, okay, maybe O'Brien. Because he's not attached to O'Brien. O'Brien is not his draft pick. That was, oh, my God. It took me a second to realize that. Yeah, but yeah that's Hextall's not. draft that's pick. Farabee and, yeah, Farabee and, and O'Brien was Hextall's last last two picks. Um, last two for, uh, first and second round picks. Damn, to hear Cole Caulfield snapping like that, man. Snapping, bro. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he, how he performs in the NHL. And... It's got, um, going to be interesting to see York, too. Like, it's just, I, I'm interested to see how that whole, both their careers play out. I mean, he's I just, Caulfield's a small skilled guy, so he'll automatically be a bust. Dude, he <laughs> might right? actually have a hard time adjusting, though. He might. Yeah, I, like, those World about... Junior games, Danny, like, we we talked about it. He he looked good. Like, he, he has his moments. He just creates space so well for himself. But then there's other... Also, other moments where you're just like, he gets shrugged off the puck. And obviously, him maturing, getting older, what is he, 19, 20 years old? He's going he's gonna to add weight, but he's always going to be a smaller player like that. But he's an elite, elite goal scorer. But definitely, there was some times in the World Juniors where we looked at each other and we were like, whoa, like he looks kind of invisible at some points in the 
in the game, especially when the games become really physical and, and, and really heavy. Like, you kind of, like, lose track of Cole Caulfield at times. But, obviously, he pops up when you give him any kind of space. He's just an extremely skilled player. Yeah, I'm excited to see him come in the NHL, whenever that may be. Yeah. I, I'm excited to watch him. Uh, honestly, fuck Montreal. Like, they always just get extremely good players, like Katsuyemi, fucking him, Suzuki. Like, they traded for Suzuki. I mean, they traded Pacioretty for Suzuki. Just got always, Tatar, too, and Tatar is playing well. I always liked Tatar. Even when he was with Detroit, I was like, Tatar's always a, a good little player. I fuck with him. Yeah, Montreal's kind of reeling a little bit lately. They haven't been themselves. No, no, not since the last time we, I mean, I th- yeah, not since the last time we talked, I think. We were just talking about Florida, dude, and they're 12-3-2. What the fuck's up with them? Florida's good, and you know what else is funny about that? Their their best goalie hasn't been Bob. It's been that Drager guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's funny as shit. They got him, Bob. Another goalie. <laughs> Another one, Who's better dude. than Bob. They got a goalie factory over there? Howie Roseman of the NHL. They got the fucking factory going over there, bud. It, it appears that way. I, it was just so funny that, like, in the gold medal World Junior game, there's a graphic that comes up on my screen showing both the goalies from Team Canada and Team USA. Spencer Knight. I forgot, <laughs> yeah, I forgot the Canada both, guy. And they're but, both Florida Panther prospects. And their stats are absolutely amazing. Like, they, they're both their goals allowed average and save percentage are phenomenal. And they're both Panthers prospects. So while the fun. Panthers employ a guy making $10 million to play goalie who's under a .900 save percentage. Like, it's... It's wild. That's fucking insane, dude. There's a lot of teams, honestly, right now that you kind of look at and you're like, I'd like, there's no way. I mean, the fucking, the, the Chicago Blackhawks publicly admitted to, to rebuilding to their <laughs> fans, and they're fourth in that division right now. Like, they're in a playoff spot. I think currently. more teams should do that, by the way. Absolutely. It, it puts your, it, it gives you, it, if the Flyers were to do that for us, I, obviously, right now, I'd be heated because we're nowhere near a fucking rebuild, but like, it, it gives your fans, like, transparency. Like, it lets, it let, it, makes them think that they're involved in the plans and somehow, you know what I mean? It, it keeps them updated. Because keep... all those years, Hextall are like, nah, we're a playoff team, when in reality, he knew himself he was rebuilding. And yeah. it's like, that's what caused the the constant, like, anger with, with that front office, was the fact that it was like, dude, are we not seeing the same thing? Like, it, it, like if you when you admit it, like the Sixers did, like, you've even seen, like, it can work. Like, a rebuild can work in Philadelphia. Yeah. I think that's what they were afraid of. Like, it not like this is not the type of city to have a rebuild in because fans get impatient. It worked with the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Like, it, if you have to just sell us on something and you have to, like, go all in and make it work. I, I, I respect the Blackhawks for doing that. Yeah, I agree. They, they had a dynasty. Like, they don't even owe anything to their fans. Like, they won three fucking cups and they're doing that. There's a lot of teams out there that haven't won shit and they go through rebuilds and they still try to sell their... Like us. You know what I mean? Yeah. We didn't set an open letter. Like, we didn't even have the decency to do that. We just kind of, like, told our fans we'd be good, told season yeah. ticket holders we'd be good, and shoot for a playoff spot when we sucked. I read in between those lines the moment Ron Hextall tried to sell us on, on, on Dale Weiss being a 20-goal scorer, like a 20-plus goal scorer. Like, Dale Weiss, is a, I'm, I'm sure he's a great person. I'm sure he's a funny dude and a great dude to hang out with. He seems like a, like a, like a locker room kind of guy. Fun, to, fun dude to be around, but like, as soon as he tried to sell us that, I was all right. He's fucking tanking. Like <laughs> he wants draft picks, dude. Like, okay, if, if that's your big offseason acquisition, I'm out. Like I'm, I'm cool. Like, I'm not gonna get that. Like, I'm, I'm still gonna get mad at games, obviously losing and shit. But 
I understand where we're at now. And that's where I was like, okay, like, let's lo- let's think long-term. And then, like, he just never made a fucking move. He was just always afraid to do something. And he goes in the season with Neuwirth, who's made of glass, and <laughs> Elliot, who who is, like, getting up there in age. And he Dude, tried telling us that was fine. Multiple off-seasons in a row, too. Like, like I remember after the first off-season, he did it. And then that season ended, and we were going into the other one. And I remember saying, you know, there's no way he does that again. Like, he, oh, he learned from his lesson the first time. And then he tried to convince us again that Michael Norbert was a good backup. And Michael Norbert was a good goalie when he was in his prime, but... He was a decent goalie. He was good here for a little bit. Like, he was really dominant here for yeah, some stretches. It was just, weird. The bullshit that we ate back then, bro, looking back on it, fucking awful. 16, 17-year-old me was eating that shit a lot. Okay, Ron. Okay. Okay, Ron. Okay, Ron. Like, I'm sitting there expecting 20 goals from Dale Weiss, and I'm cursing him out in the timeline, expecting 20 goals from him, when in reality, it's not his fucking fault. He just took the contract. Like, who else is going to leave money on the table like that? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I want to get into something that really entertained me today, and uh, I loved it, honestly. <laughs> you getting into it with Mark Madden, <laughs> I thought that was fucking awesome. Mark Madden, first of all, I think Mark Madden's hilarious. Uh, I've, like, listened to him on, on some, like, on, like, Pat McAfee before, and, like, fucking ch- I haven't listened to him on Chicklets yet, but <laughs> he he's a troll. Big time, bro. Yeah, that's just what he does. He'd like, be he'd be what like that'd be us though. If the Flyers had cups like that. Like it, we'd be annoying as fuck like that all the time. We'd be like, do you have a cup? Do you? I mean, it's annoying as hell, and like, that's the only argument they had. And then you see the other dude try to come at me because I said what I say. I said that the Pittsburgh Penguins are the only team in professional sports to accept a payout from the government. And then he was like, "Well, the Lakers did it." And then I was like, "What? You're not bringing up the fact that the Lakers gave that money back." And then he started bringing up MLS clubs, like soccer club. I'm like, all right, bro. I was talking about the fucking NHL, MLB, like NFL. Like, I was talking about like the the clubs that I follow. But I, I'm, I'm like, I basically I know like that, what what you're saying is the Flyers didn't take money from the government. The Penguins did. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, uh, I know he's a big fucking soccer guy. It's in his bio and shit. So like, I, of course he brought up soccer, but like, that really wasn't what I was talking about. But like, if that's what like, if you want to get technical and start bringing up soccer, league, but like my main point was you're the only fucking NHL, NFL, MLB like main team that everyone watches i mean i know a lot of people in europe watch soccer but i'm not taking away from that but like my entire point was just ignored bro (laughs) completely ignored like you're the only nhl team i mean the lakers gave that shit back i read that and then like the only NHL team to take a fucking like continuously. What are the lakers get money for they they are printing money are you serious like they are a internationally yeah, famous brand like, like, all you gotta do is type into google uh, lakers uh COVID, and then it'll pop right out like COVID payout and then you'll click on the article and the article as soon as you click on the article the first paragraph is blah 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 yeah they got the lo- the the handout but they gave it right back along with like other large restaurants and like companies and shit gave the loan back and then the Pittsburgh Penguins are sitting here taking the loan and not giving any of the money back i didn't see i would it. hope the lakers like the literally the lakers like yeah, try to tell me the Lakers need financial help. Yeah, uh, okay. I agree there, but because as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, he might have fucking got me because I did not know the Lakers took money. And then I got, and then I looked at it, and I was like, oh, they they gave that back. Of course they would. Like I I I do remember reading that, but fuck it, bro. Like the the Penguins are always getting bailed out. They're handing general. We talked about it last pod, bro. Before I even got in the argument with them, we talked about it then. 
just handed generational players over and over again. Like, talking to my dad, like, I hope you would win a fucking cup with, yeah. with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin on the same fucking team. I remember you said last week on the pod, you were like, there are times where Crosby would leave, like, wouldn't be on the, the ice due to the injury or whatever, and there are times when Malkin was arguably playing better than him. So it's just, I would hope you win a fucking cup with that. Plus, you got Flurry, fucking, uh, you had Tang. Oh, Tang, and then, then you had Kessler year, and then you had Justin Schultz playing out of his fucking yeah. mind for a couple I'm, years. I'm done talking about the fucking Penguins. Matt bro. Murray. Fuck the Penguins, but yeah, you... yeah, fuck Mark Madden. He's a troll. <laughs> respect respect him and uh, like what he does and all, but uh, yeah, he's a, he's a scumbag troll. <laughs> yeah, he was just. When, uh, see a cup, see a cup. You see what Jason Maybe see the Jason Morita said? No, I didn't. It was something about it. He was like. The last time I saw a cup was the last time you saw your feet or something like that. I was crying. <laughs> Wait, did, yeah, did you see Madden Personal go at jab. Barstool Jordy? Well, that's he, where it first like originated kinda, from. Apparently, they have like huge beef with each other. Yeah, so I didn't know that was like something that like stretched on for longer than yeah, today. I just but, randomly like, like woke up and was like, right, I'm just gonna fuck with this Penguins fan, and I just did. He it. was going at Jordy today. He was. Well, he, he said because he said because he went on checklist. I think today or yeah, yes, he did, whatever. He did. And he said, "I like me going on checklist the other day. I provided more content for Barstool yeah, Sports I than Barstool. That, yeah. I, dude, that had me fucking crying. Honestly, uh, like today was all in good fun. Like I have no like ill will against anybody. I, I'm just having fun, bro. I thought it'd be right, fun. Th- to go it's the this internet, game, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking fun. Like, it's just it's just good laughs. Like, Penguins fan, like I mean, Penguins have cups over us. Like, we can't deny that. Like, like we talked about it. Like the Drew and Crosby rivalry was a rivalry until." Crosby added all those rings, and then it was—it wasn't a rivalry anymore. It was just kind of Crosby's just the the better player, <laughs> you know. So they got the cups. We fucking know that, but the fact that they keep bringing up the error of where they were bankrupt twice is just not a good look on their part. Like they, they can just bring up the recent, like the 2010s, and be cool. You know what I mean? Like you're cool if you bring those those years up. Like, just don't bring it 1975. So old and original. No one is more mad about our cup drought than us. Yeah. Dude, go on, go on Flyers Twitter during a Flyers game. You would think that none of them actually like the fucking team. Dude, we're both 21 years old and have not seen the Flyers win a Stanley Cup. Like, that's not news to us. Like, thank you, bro. I appreciate that. I mean, no, I have not seen the Flyers win a Stanley Cup. I've seen them go to a Stanley Cup, but I have not seen them win. So, appreciate you reminding me that. But have fun. In once fact, 87 the- and 71, leave Pittsburgh. See where you're at then. In the last nine years, I've seen one playoff series win. Like. Yeah, can't wait like to see. He, you got me, dude. Can't wait to see uh, Gary Bettman hand Pittsburgh uh, Shane Wright. Can't wait to watch that unfold. It's gonna be pretty fun. Yeah, they're gonna get handed a uh, goalie too. Like it's. Yeah, can't wait, bro. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fucking awesome. Oh, oh, you're gonna bankrupt after Crosby left. After Crosby retired. Oh yeah, here's. I don't think Crosby's gonna retire before Shane Wright comes out. But like, oh, here's whoever is the best prospect at the time. Here he is. Here, here, Pittsburgh. Sorry. Fuck out of here, bro. So uh, we got away from the questions for a little bit. I want to get right back on to them. Yeah, I was just going to so, remind you. Mark Roman, our boy. Mark. Head of design. <laughs> yes, sir. I know we're depleted in the offensive area right now, considering a lot of our top guys are on the COVID list. But all things considered, are you worried about Carter Hart at the moment? Or do you think we were just extremely outmatched in the Tahoe game? I'm on the outmatched side. Yeah. Um, Mark one, it's Boston. Two, we were like, no, we can't even beat Boston. We're at full strength. So, like, we knew that game was going to be a slaughter. Yeah, I got. I took that game on the chin. Like I really like. I couldn't really be mad at. it. I kind of just expected it, especially when we got scored on that early. I was like, all right, here we go. I, I'm not denying it was a is an awful game from Carter Hart. Arguably his worst game in a Flyers uniform since he's been 
Yeah, a lot, some of those goals were bad. Bad. They were a bit, bit, like really bad goals. But at the same time, you look at it, he, he needs to reset. Elliot needs to get in here, play well. I'm not – we just talked about it. He, I'm not worried about Carter Hart. I think he's going to hop right back into it. He'll be fine. But like you said, Boston's just a really good team. Like Boston's one of the best teams in the league right now, and they're playing like it. And they did their homework on Carter Hart, and they're shooting – they're beating him in the same spot, it kind of seems like. So, uh, Carter Hart's got to adjust. NHL adjusted to Carter Hart. Now it's time to see if Carter Hart can adjust to the NHL. And that's a it's a pretty big gap on, on whether or not he's going to be a really elite, like a, a really good goalie in this league or an elite goalie in this league, whether or not he can adapt. And I think he can. And I think he will. So Yeah, like, like to me, like... Just seeing him in the playoffs, like the, like you like you were saying uh, with that Islanders fan yeah. today on Twitter, yeah, was... all those times when he just wouldn't get rattled in the middle of the like. We're Dude. not talking about like having a bad game, waiting a couple days, gaining your mental fortitude back, and coming back. Like he had to do this mid game. Like he mid game, he, he got rattled mid game and had to like come back after the overtime intermission after having a lead and close the fucking door. And he did it three times in a row. Yeah, how many times did he give up? A lead. I mean, yeah, giving up a lead sucks, but after giving up a two nut and three nut and lead, he would lock the door down and be the only reason why the game wasn't lost right after giving up those leads. He, I mean, like you just said, I talked to that Islanders fan. And he he gave props to Hart. I mean, Barzell, Bavillier, Bajot, all of those guys did whatever they want. Lee did all did whatever they want in the zone. They skated circles around us, and like like he said, you can't really hit Barzell unless he's in the corners trying to get out of it and it's really hard to touch that touch that guy but like you said it's just i don't know man <laughs> i don't know do you remember earlier in the year hart. when when we like hart had a couple rough games and he was like everyone was like was talking about him and he went away for like elliot started a game he came back had a good game and then in the post game interview he was like oh i just spent a couple of days like learning how to play the guitar like working yeah. on the guitar and yeah. it just helped me get back. Like, I'm not worried about this guy. No. I'm really not. Like, he, he's not someone that, like, first off, he doesn't, like, read what people are saying on Twitter and stuff like that. And that's really, like, important and really crucial. Because that, that is the downfall of a lot of athletes in this city. And I think Giroux has spoken to it a lot of times. Giroux has said, like, he has the make the mental makeup of a guy who can play goalie in this city, in this market. You got to just give him more time. Yeah, I'm not worried Not only that, like, how, how, like, we've had we've a COVID stoppage this year. We've had, like, stretches where we've, like... There was, like, a time where we played, like, three games in four nights, and now we're playing, like, a game every five days, it seems like. Like, just time off. And it's, like, there's no flow to anything right now. And I, our lineup's out. Like it, No, I, I would say this is the first game where Carter Hart let the, let his teammates down. And it wasn't yeah, the other way around. Like we, they even, Two episodes ago, we titled it, We're Not Going to Apologize for Good Goaltending. Like, the yeah. story of this season so far has been the Flyers have getting severely outplayed, but their goalie keeps them in it. When has that changed? Like, when are we suddenly, like... Like saying the goalies have been shit all year, like that, that it's not the case. It's nah, just not. No, nah, the goalies have been the only reason why we survived the first half of the year. Honestly, bro, it was it's Definitely. the only reason. And I I mentioned it earlier in the pod before the when Katuria came back in that Washington game. But before we went on that little COVID break with, with with guys getting exposed, you saw the wheel starting to turn. I said it before. This team was starting to look like, like they were getting like spurts here and there in the first, second, and third periods throughout the game where you were like, okay, this is a little bit of like the, the team of last year is starting to seep through a little bit. Like you're, yeah. you're seeing the wheel start to turn a little bit. And then that break happened and it fucking killed us again. 
the having, Capitals game was where I was like, yo, we're starting to game. break through. Like, we're like, starting to break through. Like, Ove- we're building something here. Yeah, absolutely. Ovechkin did what he did. I mean, he's one of the best goal scorers ever. To ever touch a puck is he's awesome. And he, and he had a great game. But, like, that was a g- good game. The, 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 the Flyers played a good game. Couturier is back now. Drew is back now. Braun's off the list. He's pra- he's skating. He's not going to play. But like, we're starting to get players back now. Uh, TK is going to be the last guy back. But it, it, give this team a little bit more time to get their feet back on room. Because like I said, they were starting to play a little bit better right before that break. It just happened at the worst time. Like, it sucks, bro. But like, I'm, I'm not worried about it. We'll see. All right, so we're kind of going to like speed bag the rest of these questions out. Because we're... Yeah. We're, uh, this episode has been quite long. So Tim Altamari tweets, Do you think we'll be good to go once we get our guys back, or will it take a while to get going again? The division is really tight, and we need wins. Everyone is hitting the panic button, but I think we'll be fine. See, well, that's another thing that I'm scared of, because like this is a 56-game season, so we don't really have time. I mean, it's going to take a little bit of time. Like These guys haven't played hockey in a little bit. They they were quarantining. I, I know Drew came out today and said the first two, three days he was actually pretty sick. I, luckily, Oscar Lindblom had mild symptoms to begin, and after that he was absolutely fine. I know Voracek had mild symptoms, but these dudes were dealing with some sickness. We're playing hockey for a little bit, so yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time. I mean, Drew said today his first, uh, his first day back at practice felt like the first day at camp, so... In a way, it kind of scares me, bro, because like we can't really afford a slow start. Like, we need these guys to come in and, and, and really contribute because we got guys like JVR and Farabee, Farabee and, and, and Couturier playing some really good hockey right now, Provorov. So like we need these guys to come in and, and play well. We can't afford these guys to take their time. But like to answer your question, Tim, it's going to take time. But like, I'm hoping that they're uh, – I don't know how to word this. I'm hoping that while the time it takes for them to, to get – fully back i hope that they can add just enough that we can get by you know what i mean with yeah with how guys like couturier and Fairby are playing like i need drew to maybe not give me the drew of right before the stoppage last season right before that the, that rangers and buffalo game right before we had to to end that season maybe not not drew but just just a, a decent drew because we need them man we need them absolutely we need to make a run here yeah, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button, but I'm not no. putting the panic button away. Like I, I'm it's still out. like kind of concerned. It's across the room right now, bro. But it's it's not it's out, but it's not anywhere near me. Yeah, yeah. It ain't being hit yet. Yeah, give me all right. End of March, I think would probably be a good because like right before like ten or twelve days right before the trade deadline, I think would be a good good spot to really start dissecting this team and like where we want to go with the trade deadline and if we want to make that kind of rental move to to make a cup run because come that time we might look at this team like this team is no position to be trading two second round picks right now to to get Eklund because Eklund isn't really going to do anything or they could be in a position where we look at like hey they're finally playing well again they're finally playing the hockey that we know that they can play let's add an Eklund and let's fucking go like Carter Hart is back on his feet Provolov looks good let's put Eklund with Provolov and let's fucking roll like you don't, you don't know so let's just wait a good month. See how this team goes. Obviously, we're going to be covering them from head to toe. It's going to be fun, man. I'm excited. It's, it's going to be a fun month. So, we got two questions about Ekholm. I'll kind of put them together in one. Mm-hmm. Do you think it would be a good idea to trade for a solid, preferably veteran defenseman with the upcoming expansion draft? Matthias Ekholm comes to mind, but then we would have to protect him and leave Sandheimer Myers exposed, question mark, and that comes from Earth Spirit. And our boy Adam also tweeted at us and said, who and what do you trade for Ekholm, and why is it Hague in a third? <laughs> if that's all it took to get him, I'll, fucking, I'll, I'll drive Hague to the airport right now. Right <laughs> now, dude. Uber X, too, with 
with the with the drinks in it and everything. Yeah, the nice, the free mints, everything, bro. But, the free lifesaver yeah. mints. I think we talked about these two questions pretty good tonight. Uh, Ekholm, I already made the comparison with Muzzin and Martinez. I thought that was a really good. Those are two defensemen that I really think are pretty good comparisons at this point in Ekholm's career. Um, like I like said, first in the first in the two C plus prospects they got from Muzzin in that Muzzin trade, and then Martinez got two seconds. So we'll see. Like, I I don't know what it's going to take to get Ekholm. Like, I would be cool with a first and then two C plus prospects, like, like a first and. Terinsky and Ratcliffe or something like if that's what they want O'Brien and Ratcliffe or something like that and then I would totally be okay with two second round picks because I think this I think we can afford it not having two second round picks and we have a pretty deep prospect pool so to me if this team starts playing well I I, yeah. I don't really care about the picks like I really I, don't yeah and I, and I think honestly I think that's where it all boils down to I think it depends on like this next month and how this team really plays because I would I'm gonna have a different answer for you if if this team really starts to pick it back up and we and they play like we know that they can play, not getting outshot every game, not leaving the goaltender on an island and, and back checking. If if that happens and I'm I'm completely down like you said to get rid of a couple picks, but if the opposite happens and obviously like I don't, I don't want to be anywhere near that kind of trade right now just wait till after the expansion to make that kind of move at that point and our final question comes from earth spirit once again is it time to be worried about nolan patrick he's not getting many points so far but i think giving him some slack is appropriate given his unfortunate circumstances this recent nod for him to play wing with hayes and g from av could turn out to be important for his future yeah i i think i think this is Av putting him on the wing is really just trying to get him going, and Drew and Hayes are two guys that are really good options to to get a guy like Nolan Patrick going. Obviously, it's got to be on the wing because you're not going to move Hayes the wing. So, I'm excited for that line. Hopefully, it gets Nolan going. He needs to get going. We we talked on him a lot today. I'm not ready to hit the panic button, but definitely he needs to play better because he's been playing like shit, honestly, recently. But that's a good line, honestly. Yeah, it's a fun line, and I I could definitely see it working because no one needs to be put. Like, no one can't drive a line himself right now. No one needs to be put on a line that is driven by somebody else, which now is going to be driven by Hayes and Giroux. So he can just follow behind and just try to get his game going. And I think it I think it will. I think if that if it does work, that'll do wonders for this team's forward group. I think the Absolutely. way with the way Av can tinker with the lineups, and I also think. If him at wing works really well long term, oh spicy! What it could do down the line for makes the implementing whole, other centers in the ma- line. Yeah, makes the whole Frost Patrick situation non-existent. If, if much if, more if, seamless. I mean, like Frost. But then you also lose a a, a center, I guess. Yeah, of really in that good. same token. I mean, but I, but like you said, he's not really like doing center things right now. No, so he's not, and I think. Putting him on the wing, obviously, we talked about it when Frost first came out. He was on the wing because it, it's less responsibility on the defensive side. Yeah. So just go I, out there, go forecheck, get in the guy's face, and score create chaos, yeah. get crashed the net. It, it, putting him in this situation is, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna give him less defensive uh, responsibilities, and it's just gonna let him go out there and play hockey. And just like, if I'm AV, I'm just gonna go out there, like go out there, play with Hayes and Giroux, and just and just use your skill. Like we've seen this kid, like this kid's got skill. This kid can play hockey. It's it's time it's it's time to get something out of him and I think this move is really Av saying that to Patrick like like it's it's time for me to get something out of you bud let's fucking go. 
Definitely. And that, that's all we got for the questions. Uh, it's probably where we're going to wrap it yeah. up, actually. Fun ones. Very fun. It's been a very long one. We're, we're clocking in about like an hour and 15 minutes, which Love is it. 15 minutes the more than we usually go. Hey, do people uh, really like it? No, oh, for sure. You can follow us at the Liberty L on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. You can follow me at TLY Danny, Chris at Chris Stumps, and go Flyers. Go Florida.